South Australian Playwrights Theatre presents Border Town by Matt Hawkins. Episode 8, Broken Bottles of Brandavino. I had it wrong the whole time. There I was, struggling to get a gallery of stars, searching for people with charisma, good looks and talent. I thought these were the ones to be looked up to, admired or imitated. And then, in a blinding revelation, I realised the people we love the most are ordinary, uninspiring, bitter, twisted, angry and mediocre. They're the ones we want to hang out with. We want to see them rise slightly above their station and then have fun battering them back down to earth as we pick apart their festering flaws in an attempt to work out why humanity is so bloody awful. The ancient Greeks called it catharsis. And doesn't it feel good? Damn! Come on. Come on. Hey, you've called Randy Jensen. I'm out, but I'm interested. Leave your number and I'll call you right back. Randy, fuck you. I need help. I know you told me not to do it, but I went there. I went to Melbourne and, and caught a taxi to... Oh, fuck. Oh, you say 3%. Oh, shit. Damn it. Okay. Okay. I can beat this. This will pass. Ultimately, I'm in control. Dr. Jennifer, that's what she'd say. Stay in control. Oh, shit. Easy for her to say. She's not locked in a basement. Oh, man. You warned me, though, Flick. You sure warned me. I was a goddamn fool. What a nightmare. Don't beat yourself up about it. Oh, shit. It's starting. Damn it. You shouldn't have come, you know. Randy was right. You're jeopardizing your career. And you looked ridiculous carrying that coffee. Ben Flanagan was supposed to do it. He just went to the toilet and when he came back, there you were. Struggling along with that hang-dog look on your face. Y- you're not real. This isn't happening. It's okay. It doesn't matter if I'm real or not. No one cares about reality. It's the story that matters. Now I'm more famous than you will ever be. Because I'm a good story. I'm a reality to that. Don't be obsessed. Don't do drugs. Or... Whatever. It doesn't really matter what my transgression was. People will apply their own shit onto the template of my tragic soul. It's a beautiful thing I've become. Oh God, I- I'm sorry. Oh baby, don't be sorry. If it wasn't you, it would have been someone else. Dr. Jennifer said that this might happen. That I'd project my guilt into a kind of apparition. You represent my shame. What? I'm a hallucination or something? Yeah. Exactly. Then stop talking to me. Oh, I intend to. But you can't stop. I'm an addiction. All the girls like me who gaze up at you in awe and lust and you say no, but you keep coming back. No more. I am reformed. I'm giving it all up. But the awful truth is, I never really wanted you. I was just playing the role. That's just what we're taught to do, us country girls. Well, you're pretty darn good at it. Nah, I sucked. You'll find better, believe me. So, what are you going to do now? Find my central space. Then regather. 
I have no idea what that's supposed to mean, and nor do you. What you really want to do is escape. Get back to LA and put this whole sordid episode behind you. Get on with your career. Secure the knowledge that it is your duty to bring joy and laughter to the common man. That's right. What's wrong with that? Nothing! But here you are, trapped in a basement, without a fucking key. Yeah, but there's always a way. Because there's always a spare key. It's in the third painting from the left by the red toolbox. You take that key, open that large window, and you're free. Free to run off into the cold South Australian night. The endless sweetness. The docile ship. The inky darkness. The infuriating silence. The empty, broken bottles of bread within you. You think you're on purgatory now? Wait till you get outside. Oh, there he is. Look at him. Bob Hawke returns to Bordertown. Geelong advertiser. Nice one. He was good looking. He was very good looking. Looks aren't everything, you know. Oh, of course you'd say that. You're not much to look at, Benno, but you know that. I've told you that. Flick thought I was attractive. For a bit. Oh, sweetie. You're special in your own way. She loved me. Did she? Love's overrated, Benno. Never really works. Does if it's allowed to grow. What are you talking about, grow? Grow into what? A big bloody headache, a shit pile of disappointment. I might have had a chance. If she lived. <laughs> Don't know about that, Benno. <laughs> so did Bob Hawke ever make a move on you? A lady doesn't kiss and tell. Is that a yes or a no? That's a none of your fucking business, Benno. Maybe you could make it into something. Into what? Who do you think I am? Nobody knows who you are anymore, Patricia. I think what you're doing is a bit... What's the word? Psychopathic. Where'd you get that one? Border Chronicle, did you? Look, what are we going to do with this bloke in the basement? Pretty soon the world is going to start missing him. I don't think so, Benno. He's a fairly well-known movie guy. Screwball high. Three out of five stars. Since then his career's been pathetic. Okay, but the police don't judge their investigations based on a bloke's career. He'll confess. They always do when the weight of guilt is upon them. Always wondered how you qualified to be a celebrity. Do those people at New Idea all sit around a table and point a figure at some blurry photograph and say, this girl, she will be a celebrity. It has been spoken. And then the rest of them all nod wisely like some council of chiefs and make it so. Is that what happens? People create celebrities, you fool. And Felicity was a girl of the people, but at the same time way above them, like a goddess. Like Princess Di. Oh, smarter than her. Oh, so you really think he killed her? With drugs? Of course he did. Because Flick told me you got her some dodgy medication. It was all prescription. All of it? Yeah, of course. In her name? Well, most of it. Sometimes I had to get Maria at the chemist to fudge a few things. It's just if there's any evidence of that sort of thing, this bloke's confession won't hold up. It'll be something. Something to put doubt in people's minds, and that is enough. Look, I think maybe you should check on our guest down there. Take him a beer and some Doritos or Twisties. I don't mind. We've got a truckload of them. Both ridiculously inappropriate snacks for a wake, Benno. Well, you didn't want the yoghurt. There she was. A mad, rambling woman with a B-grade celebrity locked in her basement, conversing with ghosts from better times, obsessed with the past and looking to the future with nothing to lose. 
I had to admire her insane commitment to the most ridiculous plan for revenge ever conceived. Her thin grip on reality was remarkable. This woman, Patricia Barnes, has claimed to not only be my hairdresser on more than one occasion, but also the person responsible for my hairstyle that some people describe as the silver bodgy. I prefer to it to be known as the Bondi way, but there you go. Look, if Miss Barnes would like to claim this hairstyle as her own invention, and it doesn't particularly worry me, what does worry me is her taking the law into her own hands in an attempt to atone for the tragic death of her daughter, Felicity. It is very important that we don't antagonise Americans like this. Yes, it's true. In 1982, we won the America's Cup. That's the right way to go about it, through sporting endeavours, not by locking them in your basement. It's just un-Australian. Yes, Bob. I thought that might be your attitude, but I think you'll find the evidence is overwhelming. My daughter was murdered by this B-grade comedian and the reason why it didn't hold up in American courts is because naturally they're protecting their own. I'm not qualified to comment on the justice system of the United States. Stop being cagey, Bob. Of course, it is conceivable that they didn't consider all the evidence. I've been a victim of manipulation myself. I know what it's like. Like with Hazel. She manipulated you. I was thinking more about Paul Keating, but you have a point. She certainly tried to tie a man down. I don't blame her for it. But Blanche, she gave you wings to fly. If you understand that, Patricia, then you need to understand this. You have to let the B-grade American comedian go. For the good of the country. For the good of yourself. I will, Bob. I will. But on my terms. I wish I had you in cabinet. You would have eaten Peacock alive. Who is that? Who's over there? It's only me. Fleek? You're dead? Yeah. So, was it worth it? I don't know. What do you want to hear? That it was worth having a go. That you shouldn't have given up so easily at the first hurdle. You took it pretty hard, didn't you? You broke my heart. <laughs> Somehow this is all about you. It's not. It never was. I did everything because I wanted what was best for you. Every day, working my fingers to the bone. Perming, colouring, gossiping, bitching, moaning, and then suddenly, in he walks. Alone. No federal police, just him. The leader of the opposition. The right honourable... You know the story. Why do you bring it up now? Because he came in here alone. Nobody saw it. Cheryl was off sick and it's a Tuesday afternoon, dead quiet. You were alone with a silver bodgy and he didn't even make a pass at you. Oh, I think he did. The Labour Party's greatest womanizer and he never laid a finger on you. You must have been devastated. All he wanted was a trim. No styling, though you tried. He was very arrogant, but he was polite. Even left you a tip. It needed a wash and blow dry. That would have helped no end. How did that story get out? That you created the silver bodgy? I was in all the papers. All the regional papers? Mm. 
Border Chronicle, the Kunawara Herald, the RSL newsletter. People believed it because it was true. It's okay. It doesn't matter whether it's true or not. It might be true. And no one quite looked at you the same way again because they weren't sure. It could have happened. The seat of that chair might have contained the Prime Minister's ass, and not just any Prime Minister, Bob Hawke. I got that look with Tyrone. I'd walk down the street hand in hand with him and people would stare at me. At first I thought it was awe. Then I realised it was hatred. They didn't hate you here. They loved you. And I'm sorry, but I really liked it. Every cutting, every article from every gossip magazine had its place right in front of every client's eyes. And then they finally fucking understood how different we were to them, you and I. And then everyone thought it was the drugs that did it. But it wasn't. Don't. That's what people love to believe. Overdose on drugs. But there are easier ways to die. I don't want to know. It was the magic honey. So much peroxide killed holes. But didn't it make my hair look great? Fuck off. I don't deserve this. Fuck you, Felicity. I went home. I was stone cold sober. I took the bottle and I drank it down. That was the end of my life. The end of one career and the beginning of another. Shh. You don't know what you're saying. Yes, I do. I'm a comedian's dead ex-girlfriend. No one can take that away from me. Okay. You're right. I didn't create the silver bodgy. Bob walked into the salon. He said he needed some mousse, just quickly. I offered him a free cut and blow dry, but he was in a hurry. He was on his way to the pub. He needed a drink, he said. He'd just been at an awful funeral, a deadbeat uncle he didn't know and didn't like. Time for a few schooners, maybe a Bundy or two. I sold him some mousse for eight ninety-five. Expensive hair product. Then he walked out the door. Thank God someone actually saw him leave and made up the whole ridiculous story. But now, it's time for a new, better story. One that's true. It's not long now. I can feel them coming. I signed your damn confession. Why didn't you let me go? Change of plans. Yeah, you know you fucked this up. And you're digging yourself further down a hole. You want me to put the gag back on? Doesn't matter. Pretty soon, I'll be free and I'll have better people to talk to. So I'm gonna shut up now. Shut up and wait. <sighs> Enjoy the fresh air and prepare myself to relish the moment when you're humiliated. The concept of not talking doesn't really come naturally to you, does it? Hmm. Hope you're not taking any of this personally, Tyrone. What? Not personally? So any comedian from Detroit would have done? I'd strike them all down if I could. But now, I'm powerless. But that won't be for long. You'll be even more powerless in jail. Oh, here they are. Well, didn't take them long. Good. So, Patricia, I guess this is goodbye. It's been special. And you know, I may just write this in my memoirs. How about that? You're going to be famous. That's right, over here! Hello there. Randy! Randy, is that you? Hey man, deal with the paparazzi. Hello there. Patricia, is it? Hi. My name's Randy Jensen. I'm sorry to come down here like this. There's a lot of policemen and carry-on. I'm really sorry. That's fine. Don't worry about it. All good. I represent Mr Jackson, and I believe you have him in your custody. That's correct. 
There he is, right over there. Oh, yeah, there he is. I see him. How you doing, Tyrone? Got yourself in a bit of bother there, mate. Yep, sure did. And who advised you not to come here? Guess that was you. Sure was. We've wasted a lot of time here. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Can we go? I had a real job on my hands getting to United Studios to hold off. I told him, just wait, it'll be worth it. This crazy act of desperation only shows that Tyrone is a man of great passion. Very, very complex. Just what the role demands. I sure do appreciate that, Randy. But they weren't happy. Really, they weren't happy at all. Okay, so let's not waste any more time. Anyway, as I was saying, ma'am, I'm sorry to have disturbed you. And I'd like to assure you that we won't be pressing any charges. Thank you. And in exchange, we'd like exclusive rights to your story. Your whole story. I understand that you dated the Prime Minister for some time. That's fascinating. And then you choose to kidnap a minor celebrity. That's funny and rather sad. It'll sell. It'll get clicks. I'm not talking major clicks, but enough for a decent return, if, if only momentarily. We should get at least two weeks of advertising revenue out of this. Two weeks? Yeah, yeah, it's ideal. You'll be famous for two weeks, and then you'll get your life back. I don't want it back. Well, then you should have killed him. Well, it's not too late, is it? Well, maybe we could... Randy, uh... what the hell are you doing? Now, you shut up. I'm not happy with you. Nah, don't kill him. We still have this movie contract and he's not such a bad guy. Will I at least be on Oprah? Uh, probably not. But, but hey, I'll leave the contracts in the letterbox and you can make your choice. In the meantime, I'll release Tyrone if that's okay. Do it, Mum. You have to do it. Are you sure? Don't slip into nothingness. No one can forget us now. Bob Hawke was a joke. Now with this, we've made it. It'll only be for two weeks. That's what Randy said. Randy doesn't know shit. In border town, people's memories are long. Do it, Mum. Okay. I'll sign your contracts. Why, that is just super. Hey, look. Could we get a photo of the two of you together? Oh, that is lovely. Fantastic. Now... Patricia, I want you to grab that crowbar and wield it over his head so like you can, you're going to smash his brains out. Oh, this is great. This will sell. And sell it did. Patricia and I decided that the most appropriate way to mourn for her daughter would be to create a reality television show called angry mothers. The concept was diabolically simple. We just grabbed a bunch of mothers who were in some way discontent with the world and handed them crowbars. It was then up to the viewer to suggest where we should deploy these angry mothers. Some were sent to Afghanistan, some to Guantanamo Bay, others were sent to high schools in lower socio-economic areas. Oh, and the carnage they caused with those crowbars. It was all good, harmless fun. And we were able to sell the concept to five other territories, including Germany and China. Now you may think it tacky, the idea of a woman taking out her frustrations on potentially innocent detainees, and that such things represent an obsession with the baser side of humanity. But you can't deny the fact that you were watching. You've always been watching.
Episode 8 of Border Town featured Katie O'Reilly as Patricia, Catherine Sortini as Flick, Stephen Tongan as Tyrone, Matt Hawkins as Randy, and Liam Combridge as Benno. It was produced by Benno Teal and engineered by Alastair Schmidt. This is the final episode of Series 1. If you have made it this far, we at South Australian Playwrights Theatre send you big warm hugs and our heartfelt thanks for supporting South Australian theatre and South Australian writing. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please recommend it to your friends, families and lovers. You won't regret it. And keep an ear out for our next series, The Middle Way by Lucy Coombe.